Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Believe in the Jaguars right here on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino. And of course, I am joined by my co-host, Mr. James Johnson, the managing editor of the Jaguars Wire via USA Today. And Jay, you know, when the week started, we were a little worried, but I think things turned around pretty quickly when it comes to free agency. So this, of course, is one of our favorite times of the year. And you know, the Jaguars were a little uncharacteristically active compared to years past. And I can tell you, I, I mean, I'm sure you from a journalistic standpoint was uh, was very excited. There was plenty to write about this week. Yeah, man, it was crazy. Those first two days and uh, shout outs to Tyler again. I think me and Tyler on the first two days of the tampering period, I counted. I think we wrote 22 articles like in, in the span of two days, something like that. It was crazy, man. Most of them were just like us announcing like, hey, they signed this person. We didn't even get to get into the meat and potatoes of it. Uh, but yeah, man, um, it was a fun time. Kept me busy. Um, it, and at the same time, it, allevi- it alleviates the pressure as well because it was a highly anticipated moment, obviously, for the fans. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about how the process exactly went. Um, but overall, you know, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars got better. I guess it would. They had no choice but to get better. They were one in fifteen, right? But <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that and how it all unfolded. And uh, yeah, man, glad to be back. Um, appreciate all the support as usual from everybody out there. And uh, yeah, man, can't wait to talk some um, football, some new additions to the Jags roster. Absolutely, there's so much to get into in terms of the last few days here, Jay. And uh, yeah, it was. Uh, again, very exciting. I think a lot of people, and we'll talk about this here and we'll expand on it in just a moment. I think a lot of people were getting kind of worried on day one. You know, of course, you and I threw out some names a couple of weeks ago and uh, 0 for 7 on that, by the way. <laughs> we brought up seven names, 0 for 7, and that's just kind of the nature of journalism. Jay will tell you that and definitely the nature of, you know, kind of predicting what's going to happen in the world of sports. It's pretty much impossible to do so, but I, I definitely think we ended up with a really, really good haul. And there's still some names out there that are, that, you know, could pop up that we'll be discussing here in future days. But we want to talk about who has been added to the team thus far, which we'll get to in just a moment. Before we begin, I want to thank everybody for listening. That's uh, went over to Apple podcasts and left a five-star review. Thank you so much. It is one of the best ways to support the show. So if you are enjoying us and you, you are listening on an Apple device, head on over to that purple icon and leave that five-star review. Let us know you know, why you enjoy the show. Heck, even just let us know why you're a Jaguar fan or how long you've been a Jaguar fan. We'd love to read those comments as well. Uh, Along with Apple Podcasts, we're also on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can, of course, find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. We're part of that awesome Believe library. You can tweet the show at Believe in Jags Pod. You can find myself at Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O, and James is over at SportsGrind underscore Dawn. Before we continue, I do want to give a quick shout out to our first sponsor of the day, which of course is Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Of course, the NBA is in full swing and college basketball heats up as the schools make their way to the madness. 
The tournament is coming, and so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest, as Bet Online is the spot to be for all your bracketology needs. Bet Online has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So, Jay, we are going to get to the free agents here in just a moment and also the re-signings that the Jaguars have done over the last few days. I did want to take a moment here to acknowledge the events uh, from, the, from a couple of days ago in Atlanta um, where there was a, a senseless tragedy um, where a, uh, a, an armed gun, gunman uh, shot down eight people at an Atlanta spa, um, pr- primarily run an Asian, an Asian run spa, um, Six, six women, uh, six Asian women uh, were killed in that, um, just, that just terrible tragedy, Jay. And, you know, one thing that's been great, of course, and, and a lot of things, but one thing that's been great about Believe is they have given us this platform to talk about everything that has gone on, uh, you know, here, of course, the last year with, you know, v- being very, very heavy in terms of the Black Lives Movement, you know, Black Lives Matter movement. You know, you and I have been open, open to... Uh, openly talking about that and again believe has encouraged us to talk about those things and you know of course we had to take a moment to acknowledge that here if you guys don't follow us on social media you know i uh, we tweeted out you know this show of course is run by two minorities uh, jay is a black man living in in georgia i'm a filipino man living here in florida and you know all of our lives we have been uh, subject to prejudice and racism and uh, you know uncomfortable situations but that hasn't let you know stopped us that we definitely of course have been bit ab- big advocates for equality and you know standing up against hate speech and um you know what happened the other day jay is very sad it's it's incredibly devastating um of course you know uh hate crimes against asian americans and pacific islanders have been on the rise over the last year ever since the coronavirus outbreak started and um, you know, it's definitely getting worse. And, uh, uh, you know, there have been, of course, a, a lot of reports of incidences across the entire country. And those are just ones that are reported. You know, we, we don't know what the true number is. We probably never will know. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to thank everybody, uh, take a moment to thank everybody that's that's reached out. Uh, Jay, of course, you, you included, you know, you're you're my family. Your family is my family. And, um, you know, just getting through this difficult time. And of course, shouts out to our buddy Josh as well. Um, you know, your kind words mean a lot in this moment. And, you know, I appreciate y'all. So I know we wanted to take a moment to, of course, acknowledge those lives lost the other day. And again, a senseless, just just terrible tragedy. Yeah, yeah, man. No, no thanks necessary. Um, because, uh, you know, like when we were going through the whole George Floyd thing and the whole Black Lives Matter thing, you also, you know what I'm saying? Like you brought it to the forefront of the podcast. Um, so, you know, like I, I kind of see, you know, I'm not an Asian, so I don't want to say that I, I I know what you're going through personally, but to a degree, I see the world through the same lens because like you said, we're both minorities and, um, you know, we, a lot of things we go through in this country are similar. So uh, that being said, it's just so sad and tragic what happened in Atlanta, a place that's making so much progress. You know what I'm saying? Um, and to see that go down, especially in my home state, it was kind of, it just kind of does something to you. But um, nonetheless, you know, as I said um, on, I think it was Twitter that I said this, uh, to the Asian community, 
stay resilient as you have. That's that's one thing I admire about the Asian community is that they are resilient. And in this tragic time, stick together, you know, um, because what better time to do it than now? Um, and also, you know what I'm saying? As allies, you know, uh, the black community and, you know, other communities, the Indian community as well, man. Like, I think it's important that, you know, at this time we come to y'all side because uh, a lot of y'all were by our side when, you know, George Floyd dealt with his uh, his killing. Let's call it what it was, a killing. Um, and even before that, you know, it was stuff that came up with uh, with Castile and uh, many, many other places that we're still dealing with. So that being said, um, you know, I just want to send my condolences and heart out to uh, the family involved in that situation and anybody else affected by that as well because it was people that just seen it on the news Asians that seen it on the news that were affected by it and uh you know just um I just hope one day that we could just do better and uh you know the hatred and all of the killing and stuff we we got to stop it but um who who knows when it's going to come to an end but all we can do for now is stick together be by each other's side love each other and uh you know get the message out there uh, for our allies and get the message out there for other minorities that are dealing with similar things that we are in this country. Yeah, no, absolutely, Jay. Very, very, very well said. And uh, again, for, for anybody that's listening, no matter your background, you know, just take this opportunity to learn and to learn something from uh, from someone in your life that, you know, uh, if that you may not have known before, listen to their concerns, just be there for people. Because I can tell you right now, you know, there are people in our community that are there. We're hurting right now. We we really are. And, and people are scared for sure. So just like Jay said, you know, we got we got to uh, for sure come together and 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 make sure that instances like this just are, are eradicated all altogether. So, um, again, Believe has always championed us to use the platform uh, for instances such as this. And this episode was going to be uh, it was going to be no different, but you guys came here to talk football. Jay and I came here to talk football because we want a little bit of an escape from everything else that's going on right now. And we love this team. So we want to talk about all the exciting, all the excitement that has gone on over the last few days for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Cause Jay, there's a lot to be optimistic about. And what we you know, when some of these names started coming up, I think a lot of people were definitely very concerned, you know, wondering, Hey, where is Alan Rob? Well, not Alan Robinson. Cause he was tagged, but Hey, where's Curtis Samuel? Where's Trent Williams? Where is, uh, Shaq Barrett, where, where are these names? Cause you know, it started off a little slow, you know, some of the sightings you heard are about early on, uh, Jamal Agnew, who is listed as a wide receiver, but more of a special, special teams specialist, uh, safety, Rudy Ford, uh, tight end, Chris Mannerts, again, not quite John New Smith or Hunter Henry, uh, Jaheed Ward, a defensive end, a defensive lineman, Roy Robertson, Harris, from the Chicago Bears, who I don't know if you saw over on the Jaguars Instagram page, Jay, his son uh, stole the press conference. That kid is adorable. And his name, I think, is Jax, which is which I think is pretty, pretty awesome. Those were some of the day one signings. Um, you also resigned. We also resigned, you know, Tyler Shatley, Trey Herndon, Dewan Smoot, which I was very excited about. We've been big fans of him uh, for, for quite a while. So those were some of the day one signings, Jay. We'll get to day two here in just a moment. But, you know, early on, just kind of walk us through your mindset that because, you know, like I said, you know, I think in our group chat, we we're getting a little worried and wondering where some of those bigger names were. So what were your thoughts come come the end of day one? Yeah, in terms of day one, like I hadn't when day one had wrapped up, I hadn't started to worry at that point because, I mean, I had for me, I went into free agency thinking I put myself in the mindset of if they don't sign like a big name in the first day, 
it's not really the end of the world because it could be a slow process, which we saw it was kind of slow process with the receivers in particular. So, I mean, but for me, I was looking at it through the lens of it could be a slow process in general, all positions. Uh, so that being said, like I didn't really panic after day one, but when day one occurred and then it started off slow, I know we, like we started today getting Sidney Jones back, which that was fine and dandy, but I think what it was is like, not just me and you, but just the whole timeline, the whole fan base, we saw that, you know, it was guys getting checked off the list on that second day, one by one. And it's like, oh man, like what were the Jags doing? And there was some guys that, you know, even in day one that the Jaguars were reportedly involved with like John Johnson, who, you know, got checked off a day earlier. And it's like, you know, uh, Trent Balky or Urban Meyer, what are y'all doing? Like, you know what I'm saying? With that much space, we can't be losing John Johnson to the Browns. You know what I'm saying? Who, the Ravens not, linebacker. What was uh, Matthew Judon, who was on our list? Right, right. You know, and um, and that's not to say, like, the Browns are a bad team or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, when you have the capital that the Jaguars had, uh, it feels like to me, and that was the, the big part of this, is getting accustomed to a non-Dave Caldwell free agency. Uh, because it feels like Dave Caldwell would have got a John Johnson or Matthew Judon first. And, you know, a lot of people won't like that name or to hear that name. But it's funny. We were actually seeing people, whether they were joking or not, saying like, oh, man, I miss Dave Caldwell in day one. You know, that was the thing about him. Like Dave <laughs> could do deals. And, um, you know, with uh, John Isaac in-house, who is no longer there as well, John Isaac constructed the deals. They were good negotiators. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, you could probably say, oh, they overpaid this guy or that guy when you look at it in hindsight. but I mean, it's free agency. You're going to overpay. And, um, you know, what better time to overpay if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars? And that's the point I'm trying to make for Balky and Meyer. What better time to overpay than when you lead the league in cap space? Uh, so, it, you know, like it, it just concerned people day one that uh, somebody in-house might have been being a little bit too frugal when you see them lose out on Johnson. And uh, to their defense, you know, in day two, which I guess, you know, we'll talk about that in a minute because you just asked about day one. Uh, but, you know, I think they 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 looked at day one and said, okay, it might be time to up the ante or whatever the case may be. And um, you know, they kind of recovered. Yeah, a couple other names here, Jay, that I forgot to mention as well. Rayshon Jenkins was a day one signing. Philip Dorsett, of course, a, a day one signing as well, or you know, part of the legal tampering period. So, you know, a couple of guys when when you're talking when you spend weeks talking about, you know, Marcus Williams, John Johnson, Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay. Names like Rayshon Jenkins and Philip Dorsett may not necessarily move the needle, but they do still fill needs. You know, we we learned today that Keelan Cole has signed with the New York Jets. So, um, you know, you got to replace some of that speed that you've, we've been talking about this for weeks. You got to replace the speed that you're about to lose. D.D. Westbrook, Chris Conley. So, you know, when, when you look at the actual day one uh, agreements that we uh, that we listed here, you know, what do you feel about them? Is there anybody specifically that stands out as your favorite or even a couple favorites uh, from the day one signing period? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, while it was a little un underwhelming in a sense of, like we just said, the names that they missed out on, you know, Judon Johnson, so on and so forth. And uh, one of the names that you just named, uh, Rayshon Jenkins, while, you know, he isn't John Johnson or Marcus Williams, you know, uh, he he is a respectable uh, safety, and he's a guy that I do believe can start. 
uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, he be, he's been doing it for the last two years. He started as a special teamer, um, or he began his career, should I say, as a special team in the first two years. And then the second two years, he, he's been a starter pretty much in all of the Chargers games since. So he's a guy, if I can recall when I read up on it, I think he had a 70 in terms of coverage grade, um, you know, not scared to stick his nose uh, in the run game as well. Um, and, and so on and so forth. So he's definitely an upgrade, in my opinion, from, you know, how I gather it. And I got to look at it a little bit more film on him. But he's definitely an upgrade over the likes of a Dewey Wingard and um, Josh Johnson, you know, who we, uh, Josh Jones, I'm sorry, who we were throwing out there, who are more so special team guys. Uh, so definitely, while we didn't get the names we wanted, they still made upgrades. But again, like they were one in 15. So it was it was kind of easy to make upgrades. But Jenkins is a guy that could, you know what I'm saying? Like, what I'm saying is I don't want to discredit that signing because, you know, while he's not one of the top tier guys that we spoke on, he's definitely a guy that could flourish with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, you know, he's a guy that uh, you you could tell wants to be here from the press conference. That's good. He's from Fort Lauderdale. He talked about uh, being a childhood friend of uh, Shaquille Griffin. They grew up together, basically. They played like a little league together. So that signing could be an underrated one. The Jaguars clearly got better in the secondary there. Um, then the uh, the one that I really liked on the day, kind of underrated signing. And this is a guy that I had actually in the back of my mind as a guy that Jaguars would get. Uh, but I never really talked about it on the podcast. I had it in my notes to study him. I, I put that out on Twitter that I, I had it in my notes to look at him and study him. Uh, but the uh, Roy Robertson Harris deal. Uh, was one that I liked as well. Um, not just like, I'm not just talking about like the structure or the, the actual numbers of the deal, but the, just the aspect of adding him into the equation because in this 34, you know, the Jaguars are going to need a defensive end. Like that was a big thing we talked about before this uh, podcast and other podcasts. Uh, they need somebody to start alongside Devon Hamilton um, and, and and so on and so forth. And they need more people in that in that rotation in general because if they do what the Baltimore Ravens do, it's about rotating linemen more than so having, uh, you know, a star at this position or a star at that position. Like they really, really work a rotation there in terms of the defensive line uh, with the Baltimore Ravens. And, and, and we, we saw them, which we'll talk about day two and the other moves they made. We saw them show that that's probably going to be the case, that they're going to use a rotation with the defensive line. The moves reflect that the moves also reflect that they are uh, going to be a 34 team. So. That being said, I like that move. I think he can be a guy that could be dominant for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's still growing in terms of a player and in, in terms of development. And actually, today it was crazy. He said that he models his game after Calais Campbell, which is crazy because we had Calais here. And he's a taller guy like Calais. You know what I'm saying? And you have to play low. Yeah, yeah. You got to play low when you're that size and that height. And uh, you got to protect your legs. You got to protect your knees and so on and so forth. And you got to use your length to your advantage. And, uh, you know, like I've always been fascinated with those type of players that, you know, the long, lanky, uh, linear type of players and, and how they play. So he'll be interesting to watch for me. I think he'll be solid alongside Devon Hamilton and the rest of the guys that Jaguars have added. And, uh, yeah, for me, those were the two. And Philip Dorsett also, I don't know if you saw the tweet, Phil, but I put it out there that Philip Dorsett with my own two eyes. When you're talking about a 15-yard radius, like being up close to a, a player, with my own two eyes, Philip Dorsett is the fastest person I've ever seen run on a football field. And I saw him at the Senior Bowl, I think that was 2015, I think. Good Lord. 
shout out to my <laughs> man Nick. <laughs> shout out to me and Nick were there for that senior bowl. Uh, but yeah, man, like he runs like a gazelle. Now, that, does that translate to success? Obviously, it hasn't. Um, does that translate uh, to uh, him him being a star for this team or whatever the case it may be? Or does that even translate to him making the team? He might not even make the team. But what I'm saying is he saying is he does fit the criteria of an Urban Meyer player with that speed. And uh, he's a guy that, you know, like we said, they need to replace the speed. He could replace the speed. Uh, some people say he has questionable hands. We'll see. We'll see if the Jaguars can tap into his potential. And he, you know what I'm saying? I know he's like 29 or something right now, but uh, they they get more out of him than the previous teams uh, before them can get or have gotten out of him. Yeah, you can't coach speed, right? That's the the old saying when it comes to those guys. So uh, while I wasn't necessarily high on it, and of course, at the time, I had wondered if it meant that they were, you know, kind of out of the Curtis Samuels sweepstakes, which, of course, he ended up signing with the Washington football team. I do want to speak on Roy Robertson Harris here really quick, Jay, because that's definitely one that I'm very excited about. A former undrafted guy, right, which is so, you know, anytime you see a story like that, three years, 24.4 million, uh, 14 million in guarantees for a guy that went undrafted. Hell yeah, man. I'm always going to sign up for that. That's, so that is great. And then we did reach out to our friends at the Bear Essentials podcast. Just wanted to get a quick scouting report from them. They said, we're going to miss them. You all got a good one. Versatile player and improved every season. And that's why he's in the position that he is in now. I had tweeted out the other day. So he had a 67 PFF grade on 245 snaps in 2020. That grade actually would have ranked second on the team last year for defensive tackles behind Doug Costin, who had a 68.3. For comparison, Daniel Equal posted a 52.7 in 290 snaps. So 45 more snaps there from Daniel and uh, uh uh, Roy ended up having a higher grade. So, of course, with more snaps, you hope to see more production. And, you know, for a guy that uh, has, has seemed to get better each and every single year, I'm definitely very excited for him. Rayshon Jenkins, again, as he mentioned, another guy that I'm very much looking forward to. He did rank 29th among safeties in terms of PFF. But I'll tell you some of the guys, Jay, that are right around him. Uh, Deshaun Elliott, Chuck Clark, Jordan Whitehead, Micah Hyde. Terrell Edmonds, Jordan Poyer. So a lot of really, really solid players right around where Rayshon Jenkins ended up with his 68.9 grade for PFF. So, you know, I definitely think he's a really, really talented guy, and I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. Let's move to day two, though, because that's when things started to get exciting. We finally, I think, I, I, I tweeted this out. The, uh, the attitude of Jaguar Twitter did a complete 180 in a very short amount of time, right? So it started off where we extended cornerback Sidney Jones, which of course we were all very excited about. He, he definitely earned a spot back here on the team as CJ Henderson's running mate, but we're going to get to, we're going to add to that here in just a moment. And then uh, we, we heard about the, the signing of Tyson Alu-Alu. Remember that guy? We, we, we re-signed Tyson coming back home to where it all started after having a very, very successful stint in Pittsburgh. Jay, this was one of the most exciting things for me as far as, uh, as, far as the signings go, because just as far as a locker room fit, man, and the, uh, you know, the culture that they're going to try and build here in Jacksonville, rebuild here in Jacksonville, I think is just awesome. You know, pairing him up, with, of course, uh, you know, having him uh, tutor it and 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 uh, be able to teach Devon Hamilton, Doug Costin, you know, Roy Robertson Harris, I think is going to be 
absolutely awesome. Uh, they bring in the tight end, uh, the, probably not the one that people were expecting because the Patriots signed all of them, I think. They signed every single available tight end. Uh, so Chris Mannertz uh, comes over from the Carolina Panthers, apparently more of a blocking tight end. And also another guy uh, in the vein of a Mercedes Lewis, who was a basketball player, turned football player. Uh, so that one was uh, very, very interesting to see. Uh, they didn't, they, they then signed the Ravens defensive end Jihad Ward. So Jay, not necessarily the guys that we were talking about. Of course, they missed out, uh, you know, on day one. And then uh, another guy I think we were kind of throwing out there was Bowser. They they missed on him or they either didn't pursue him or he wasn't in play either. So they do get Jaheed Ward. Uh, they then, of course, signed Marvin Jones, the Detroit Lions wide receiver who pretty much does nothing but score touchdowns. <laughs> That's all his, that is his specialty. He finds the end zone. Uh, and then they also traded for Saints defensive tackle Malcolm Brown, hook him. And then, Jay, day two is capped off. And these aren't necessarily the order in which these all happen. But day two is highlighted, headlined by the signing of Seattle cornerback Shaquille Griffin to a three-year, $40 million deal. There it is, the big signing that you are that we were all waiting to hear about. You know, once some of the names started coming off the board, we start wondering, hey, maybe is Shaquille Griffin in the mix? Of course, he played football right down the road and, you know, college football down at UCF. Was he on that national, quote unquote, national championship team down there at UCF? Was I don't remember if he was on those teams. I know he was on what he was. He a teammate of Blake Bortles. I can't remember. So, yeah, he uh, he was there in 2017 or he was uh, he was drafted in the 2017 draft. So uh, looking back at it, I think. So I would assume he was there since like 2013. So he was there uh, through the entirety of Blake Bortles' career, too. So they played together. However, um, it looks like he was gone by the time they had that crazy season that everybody has been talking about. Uh, but nonetheless, though, your national championship. Here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, nonetheless, though, I mean, it was a good get. Um, but anything that you wanted to continue on with? Uh... Yeah, no, the the uh, of course, those were all of the 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 primary names, I believe, just pulling up. But I, I will say, Jay, before you talk about, you know, the day two, uh, the, the day two signings, the the travesty that happened yeah, uh, the other day was the Jaguars trading superstar tight end Josh Oliver to the Baltimore Ravens for what is essentially going to be a seventh round pick they basically swapped josh oliver for malcolm brown uh, is, is essentially what they did because they sent a seventh to the saints for him as well now malcolm brown was most likely going to be released they were trying to trade him i uh, trying to find a trade partner for him they finally did get one here with the jaguars but as i mentioned just an absolute travesty that josh oliver is not going to get a shot here in jacksonville i absolutely wish him all of the best over in baltimore and, and, you know, on, on a serious side of things, Jay, that really wasn't too surprising given that nobody from the, you know, the, the coaching staff or the front office that, that drafted him and coached him, they're not around anymore. So it really wasn't too surprising. You know, a third round pick, a, a guy that I think a, a lot of people expect to, to possibly have a pretty high ceiling but unfortunately just could never get healthy here in Jacksonville. I was devastated to see that. Of course, if you guys don't remember back at the beginning of this previous season, we all, we did our hot takes or, uh, you know, our, yeah, our, pretty much our hot take episode 
is what we did unpopular opinion what have you and my prediction what my bold prediction was that, <laughs> that josh oliver was going to lead the team in touchdowns he then proceeded to go on ir i think maybe two weeks later and never played it down in the 2020 season unfortunately but uh you know again in all seriousness we wish josh the best hope he's able to stay healthy and hopefully able to find a groove over there with lamar jackson because i think that would be really cool and you know hope that he can he can have some success but again just like we said jay you know that uh, day two was headlined of course by the uh, very exciting signing of shaquille griffin Hey, everybody. Hope you're enjoying this episode of Believe in the Jaguars. Really quick, I wanted to give a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair that you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for you sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Yeah, first on Josh Oliver, before this podcast, I was on the... Um... 410 Sports Talk Show. Uh, they are a YouTube channel for the Baltimore Ravens, if I'm not mistaken, or they probably covered Baltimore sports in general. But we talked about the uh, Josh Oliver situation because they wanted a little intel on him. And uh, yeah, man, it's just a shame we never got to see him, uh, you know, take the field for a significant amount of time. It was kind of weird because, like, you know, when you think about Urban Meyer and what he wants, uh, you you think about athletic receivers, you think about, you know what I'm saying, like Kyle Pitts, like athletes, not saying that they're the same player. Uh, so, like, you kind of felt like they might keep him, you know what I'm saying? Like, nobody saw them trading him, but um, I guess, like you said, no ties to the, the front office here. I mean, Balky was here last year, but, not, like, no core ties to him, Um, no ties to Urban Meyer, no ties to the tight end coach. So, um, maybe... I mean, and I think it's weird, too, because the way it's worded, how I gathered it, the Jaguars would only get a pick if he makes the team, too. That's weird. Um, so that right. makes me believe that maybe Josh Oliver wanted a change of scenery. And the Jaguars were just like, OK, uh, you know, if you don't want to be here, we're not going to hold you hostage. You know, we'll see if we can find somebody. And, uh, you know, they found somebody. But, uh, yeah, I found that interesting because. You know, it's a chance that Jaguars might not get anything for the trade, which is you you hardly kind of see that, which is weird in itself. But um, I think you may have to like the Jags chances to get a pick back from that because the Ravens do good with manufacturing or manufacturing tight ends. And I mean, we all know the Ty Heaps and Andrew uh, uh, Dallas Goddard. No, no, Dallas, excuse me, Goddard is in uh, Philadelphia. But, you know, they've had plenty of good tight ends come through there in uh in, in Baltimore so the chances are he might stick to the team and you know we'll get our seventh round pick for next year uh, but in terms of like you said man the the day two situation man much much better um I don't know if <laughs> Urban Meyer took over negotiations or if he ever wasn't a part of the negotiations whatever the case may be uh but they definitely or maybe hey it might have been um a part of the plan all along was to be quiet on day one, kind of, and, you know, kind of rev it up on day two. Uh, but 
that being said, like I, uh, like you were saying, I mean, it was a lot to like extended Sidney Jones was a good one, albeit, you know, like health is a big concern with him. I'm sure it's not like a um, expensive contract. I think it might be a one year deal. We'll have to look into that. Uh, but just bringing him back after, you know, what we saw from him when he was on the field. He was arguably their best cornerback when he was on the field. I mean, I guess you could say Henderson was balling out at times, too. So it's good to have him back. Good to have that depth, good competition, good to have a veteran within a very young group. I mean, that's the issue is they, they're so young at the secondary or in the secondary in general. Like you said, bringing Tyson Alu-Alu back, man. Um, love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Because not only because of what you said with the situation of him, uh, you know, mentoring and tutoring Hamilton and Doug Costin and all of these young guys, but also because Tyson Alu-Alu is still a good player. You know, he's still at 32 years of uh, very good, uh, 32 years of age. He's still producing and he started in 10, 11 games last year for the Steelers coming from an organization. And I think that's where what really helps the Jaguars. Not only did they want Tyson because of the connection to Joe Cullen, obviously Joe Cullen was his coach during the first stand here. And his, I think it was his rookie and second year uh, that he coached Tyson Alualu in Jacksonville. Uh, but Joe Cullen and Tyson Alualu know what top notch like after coming from the AFC North, you know, and seeing the battles that went on between those two teams with the Ravens and the Steelers, you know, and, you know, a lot of that can be, be very, very important uh, to, in terms of a culture to bring into this organization because they need it. Like they don't have that, that winning mentality. They don't, you know what I'm saying? They don't have that. Um, they don't quite play with that. I don't want to say they don't play with that physical edge, but you know, they could be a little bit more physical like they are in that division. So love that addition. Um, and it, you know, it was a yeah, sorry, not to cut you off either. Too look at some of these signings and, and and people that they they brought in and and the teams that they were on too, right? Shaq Griffin and Carlos Hyde, Seattle Seahawks, tons of uh, t- tons of uh, of course experience uh, being a part of a winning organization there. Like you said, Tyson Alualu, Pittsburgh Steelers, Malcolm Brown, New Orleans Saints. You know these are guys. Philip Dorsett, Colts and Patriots, right? So these are guys that have been in winning organizations. And do you think that definitely played a role in terms of who they were targeting? You know, they want to bring in, you know, it's a brand new regime. Of course, of course, this is the first time urban's gone through this. Do you think they've obviously targeted guys that were in regimes that have been very successful? Uh, yeah, somewhat. So I think a lot of it is, you know, they wanted to bring in players that were familiar with the assistants more so. And they kind of spoke on that, you know, familiarity with Cullen, uh, who's coming from a Baltimore Ravens organization, who also, like you said, that happens to be a top-notch organization. Tyson coming from the Steelers, a good top-notch organization. Um, so, yeah, I think it more so had to do with the assistance on the team. But, yeah, I think, yeah, the Jaguars do look into stuff like that as well in terms of, you know, the culture that these winning or- organizations um, had and bringing in players from those winning organizations. And Urban Meyer has said that um, before – in the offseason uh, that he admires the Baltimore Ravens defense and he admires their organization and how they play. And I think he said he admires the uh, Seattle Seahawks, too, as well. He's kind of watched them from a distance as well, too. So um, or, or at least it's been reported that, you know, he, he really likes what they're building over there and has been a, uh, you know, just big on studying those organizations. So that being said, um, yeah, they got some guys out of those organizations, like you said, to bring into this, this situation. I mean, the team is one in 15 
Uh, we need more people with the mindset of those guys. But um, just kind of continuing on throughout the day, uh, the Shaquille Griffin signing, uh, love it. You know, you're bringing in a guy that I wrote about it not too long ago, learned from Richard Sherman. He was a rookie uh, within the Legion of Boom. It was Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, and Earl Thomas still there. I think uh, Sherman and Chancellor were on IR, but, you know, still, you know, he was in the same locker room with those guys and so on and so forth. So, I mean, he talked about it today. Like, he was like, he, he was, it was nerve-wracking was his words to walk into that locker room and be – I guess you could say a part of the Legion of Boom or learn from the Legion of Boom. Now, you know, five or so years later, four years or whatever the case may be later. And now he's walking into a locker room where he's the guy. And, you know, people are going to be looking up to him. It's the the um, C.J. Henderson's looking up to him. Uh, even, you know, some of the guys that's already been on the team before Henderson, Winger, so on and so forth. Uh, that's what they needed. Herndon. Yeah, Herndon, they needed that... Um, they need that they needed that guy in terms of somebody who has seen playoff success that has been a part of a winning culture that's also learned from uh winning coaches, you know, your Pete Carroll's of the world, your um your John Harbaugh's of the world. So here we are. Um solid day overall. And uh this is the day if when we look back at it in terms of free agency, this is definitely the day that, you know, if the Jaguars do accumulate a good season, whatever the case may be, this is the day we'll look back at and say. Uh, they got significantly better and they, they, you know, they made strides towards becoming a better franchise. Yeah, Jay, and you make a good point when you talk about Tyson, who is, like you said, still producing. I was, while you were talking, I wanted to pull up the PFF grades for the top interior defenders of 2020. And I'm scrolling through this list. And I'm like, where is he? You know why I couldn't find him, Jay? He's number nine. He is ninth on the list. He is high. I was I was so disrespectful to Tyson. I thought he was going to be somewhere in the 20s. He's number nine. Now, granted, this is on, you know, he had a uh, 86.6 PFF grade defensively. Now, granted, that's 496 snaps. But like you said, he definitely got some quality starts in there. That's still more snaps than some of the other guys that are ahead of him. Was there Shelby Harris, uh, Vita Vea? Uh, Mario Edwards Jr. So he has more snaps than some of the guys that are ahead of him on this list. But yeah, like you said, Tyson, he's still producing at his age. And, you know, the the amount of experience and just the guidance that those two guys between Tyson and Shaquille Griffin are going to bring, you know, you really can't put that in terms of uh, you can't uh, calculate it in terms of like numbers and statistics. It's just look, look at the difference that Calais and AJ made when they came in, you know, mentoring some of these guys. Now, of course, when it comes to like guys like Jalen, it didn't really work, but the rest of the locker room, I'm sure really, really appreciated having Calais and AJ Boye around. But yeah, these are a couple of signings, Jay. Like you said, if you down the road, you know, maybe midway down the season or at the end of the season, you're going to look back and say, man, those were huge pickups. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. is a guy, that, uh, again, like I said, all he really does is catch touchdowns. I think he's the only player in the last two seasons to have at least nine touchdowns for both years. Uh, Malcolm Brown, of course, as I mentioned, a big pickup, I think, from the Saints. Again, adding him to that rotation is going to be fantastic. Yeah, I didn't even get to touch on Marvin Jones, you know, a little bit, but um. He's been going under the radar over there in, in Detroit for for quite some time. And I think I had looked up his stats. He had in the article I put, it was upwards of 35 or 34 touchdowns and since he's, uh, you know, he's been there. All he does, man. So, like, that's a huge get. While, you know, they didn't get, like, you know, a Curtis Samuel or whatever the case may be. Make no mistake about it. Again, kind of like what I said about Jenkins is adding him into this receiving core with a DJ Chark. You know, that's that's kind of what they need. They need that that veteran 
over the age of 30 because you know at times they look like when you look at look at it on film it looks like dj chart was pressing and it looked like dj chart was trying to figure out the answers and just nobody could provide the answers for him well you know now you got a veteran that's been there done that um a veteran that you know went to a renowned college in california as well so he he's seen some success um there as well so that helps um while you know the jacksonville jaguars did lose cole and while you know what i'm saying they have about four guys you could say will make the team in terms of that receiver spot jones included um they still probably end up i would say in the draft probably end up drafting the guy and to add to their receiving core uh, but make no mistake about it, the four guys, the four top guys that they have, Chenault, Colin Johnson, uh, Chark, and Marvin Jones, that's a good four to have as your top four. And um, a lot of teams would not complain with that. And, uh, you know, as Jags fans, man, I mean, I can't tell Jags fans what to do, but, I mean, to me, that's an impressive bunch. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see, like, that last piece or two that they add with that, whether it's through free agency or whether it's uh, through the draft, because Kenny Galladay is still out there, by the way, but. He's visiting the Giants, and I don't know if they're gonna let him out the building. They might like put burglar bars around the <laughs> around the. Facility. They're gonna pull a, a Blake Griffin and Chris Paul when DeAndre Jordan tried to leave for the Mavericks. I still yeah. remember that. Yeah, man. I don't know. <laughs> At the same time, man, like and we made jokes about this. Is it? It is David Gettleman. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> sometimes David Gettleman don't be one to pay, but we'll see. Um, if he if he escapes that building, uh, you know. Maybe the Jags try, bring them in, uh, bring him into their building. Daryl Bevel is here, who was his coach. Urban Meyer, evidently. Everybody talked about Urban Meyer today in the press conferences, Griffin and uh, Jenkins and everybody, and how he you know, was the guy that made them want to come here. Why not bring him into our building and, and at least try? I mean, the money's still there because they had so much. You got your speed guy now. You know, you got Philip Dorsett, so now you can just – kind of go after just pure talent. And of course, Kenny Galladay or Juju Smith-Schuster, which I'm not big on, but, you know, not uh, uh, not to say that he's a bad player, but I, I don't know necessarily he'd be a fit here. But I mean, now is the time, I guess, if you really want to go get another big name guy, you, you can go do it. Right. I mean, evidently, and that's the key, Phil, evidently, whatever the Jaguars are telling the players that they have gotten to sign with them, now, again, it's some guys that they missed out on that they couldn't get in their head, like the John Johnsons and the Judons of the world or whoever else they tried that we don't know about, uh, tried to sign. Uh, but the thing about it is, um, evidently, whatever Daryl Bevel or Urban Meyer are telling the guys that wanted to sign, uh, it's it's bringing them in. It's reeling them in because, I mean, you see two receivers here following Daryl Bevel to Jacksonville, two of his former receivers. So yeah, why not give it big. a shot with Kenny Galladay? You know, and again, me, you talked about this. They spoke highly of Daryl Bevel when he left. Matt Stafford said or something along the lines of this is what he said. Stafford lobbied for him, I believe. Right. Right. And was saying, like, maybe if they kept Daryl Bevel as the head coach, maybe I would have stayed. We don't know. But, you know, that's one of the things that we'll we'll never know the answer to. Uh, But he lobbied for him. And a lot of the praise that came out of that building were high for Daryl Bevel. So. We'll see um, if they they go down the the Galladay road or if they even have the opportunity to do so. Yeah, I think Marvin Jones, honestly, was probably the least surprising signing out of all of these just because of how open he was in his support of Darrell Bevel. We we probably should have seen that coming and we kind of did. So, uh, again, very, very exciting. I, I think it's probably more likely that they 
maybe target somebody in the draft that they like as far as if they want to, you know, can keep that under control money wise. But Jay, what I wanted to say is, you know, we're, we're so close to this uh, for, for those of you uh, that don't follow me on social media. I'm getting my first vaccine here on Saturday, my first dose. So, Jay, we're so close to this thing. I hope that by the time training camp comes around, we're all good to go and we are able to attend because I want to see DJ Chark, um, LaVisca Chenault, Colin Johnson, Marvin Jones, Philip Dorsett go up against Sidney Jones, CJ Harrison, Shaquille Griffin. Uh, Rayshon Jenkins, Trey Hearn. I want to see it so bad, just up close and personal, you know, right there in training camp where, you know, things can definitely get competitive. I want to see, you know, how, how Tyson is, is teaching all these young guys and stuff as well. Guys, we're so close, you know, just continue to just, <laughs> just a little bit further. You know, we're getting a little bit of a, of a small sense of, of normalcy, at least here and there. So man, I just hope by the time training camp comes around and then, you know, of course, Trevor is going to be there. So that's going to be the big draw. But, you know, we hope that by the time training camp comes around, we're able to attend safely. So we're, we're, we're really close, buddy. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I didn't even think about it till you said it. Like, I'm excited to see all of that, too. But like what came to mind, I'm also excited to see. And this is kind of like this is kind of flashback stuff from when we first met, though. I'm I'm excited to see Joe Cullen fussing at people. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It was it was crazy because when we signed Tyson Alu Alu. I was like, wait, I can remember if I can recall, was it Tyson one of the guys that, you know, well, color bust that everybody. It went just Tyson. <laughs> but I was like, wait, didn't he used to, if I yeah. recall correctly, was it that one of the guys he fussed at? I mean, I'm sure it was. He he didn't spare uh anybody, to be honest with you, back in the day. Uh, whether it was Austin Lane, Pot Rose, all of those guys, Larry Hart, that's a name we ain't heard in a while. I think Larry Hart's co- uh coaching, by the way. Now, shout outs to him uh, getting that money. But yeah, man, like yeah, I am excited to see that. And uh, yeah, I'm going to have vibes of uh, 2010 again, even though that wasn't a good terms of wins and whatnot. But, um, you know, like it was nothing for me, you engaged to go up and, and go to a training camp. We, we've been to them in the morning. We've been, in, we've been to them in the heat of the day, three o'clock, blazing heat, 98 degrees. We've been to them at night, which everybody's seen the video of that with, with Austin Lane, man. So it's nuts, man. It's nuts to see that we came from that on the bleachers, sweating and, and just dying and <laughs> probably dehydrated and everything. Dude, so now, like, yeah, it's like, oh, we'll be on the sidelines, hopefully, if, if everything goes well with the uh, the vaccinations and everything. Absolutely, Jay. And of course, we'll have a lot more to talk about going forward as the dust settles on free agency. We will, of course, begin to focus on the NFL draft even more. We're going to get some more NFL draft experts on for as as guests. And uh, but yeah, Jay, you know, hopefully there are some more names coming down the pipeline in terms of free agency. We keep waiting to hear that whether or not uh, the his his brother, the little brother is going to come if Shaquem Griffin is also on his way, which again, I think would be an amazing locker room fit. See him. What number is he, Jay? Do you know what number Shaquem Griffin is? I'm going to Google it right now. A moment here. He was number 49. So that 40 gang is going to be strong if he gets to keep if he gets to keep that number, man, lining up with show. And of course, Miles Jack, Kayla Vaughn, Josh Allen, bro, we're going to have to get those T-shirts made before someone else does it. So, you know, maybe Shaquem Griffin is down is, is his name is coming down the line with the way that this podcast goes, Jay, it's going to be uh, announced you know, the minute that we upload this episode. So there of course is going to be an influx of signings as soon as we put that up, because that's just the nature of the business. As we've talked about, 
each and every single week. But Jay, is there anything else you want to discuss in terms of this free agency class before we get out of here for the week? Uh, yeah, well, it's not necessarily jazz related, but I just got this notification that uh, Allen Robinson signed the franchise tag, and that's a little early. Yeah, I see it too. Interesting. Yeah, you know, I just thought he would kind of take his time signing it if he did. Um, wants to play with Andy Dalton, or maybe he knows something about Russell Wilson. Who knows? Or maybe he knows he's gonna get traded. To whom is the big question, right? He didn't want to follow. Uh, he didn't want to follow Mitchell Trubisky to Buffalo. I don't know, that's weird. Guy, <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine Allen Robinson in Buffalo? I, I would not want to. I would not want to see that. And really quick, just to kind of get off on a tangent, Mitchell. That is the perfect spot for Mitchell Trubisky. By the way, he's not as good as Josh Allen, but it allows them to kind of run the same offense if something happens to Josh Allen. So that's a good signing. I think it's a good signing for them. As far as also quarterbacks, Jay, we didn't get to mention this. Jaguar legend Mike Glennon is on his way to the New York Giants. You know, we shout out to Mike for his role in helping us secure the number one overall pick and what is hopefully going to be and expected to be Trevor Lawrence. So, Mike, you know, Godspeed. And we hope that you have all this success uh, in the world now that you didn't have any success here in Jacksonville. We really appreciate that, buddy. Yeah, man. I think what the Jaguars need to do and again, not to get off the topic here, what the Jaguars need to do is what the Green Bay Packers have done. I think the Kansas City Chiefs got this too, but they have a Hall of Fame area uh, in their stadiums dedicated to like, you know, Hall of Fame players and Hall of Fame moments and so on and so forth. We need a Hall of Fame area in our stadium or put it in the new facility that Urban Meyer's getting. And we need Mike Glennon in there. We need Frank Gore in there. We need Sam Darnold in there for the part that they played in turning this franchise around and getting us the number one overall pick. Carve out a section for all three of those names that I just talked about. Just put the Jets, just the Jets. (laughs) Because look, man, the Jets changed me and your life. They changed the life of Jags fans. Hey, We're forever grateful, (laughs) whether they like it or not. Well, they definitely, I was going to say, they definitely don't like it. They keep coming at us over on, on Twitter, but I'll just sit here and, and laugh in, in, in Trevor in Trevor Lawrence. So you guys can say whatever you want um, and have fun with Zach Wilson or whatever it is that you can, right. <laughs> whatever it is that you are going to do. One uh, one really quick before we get out of here, Jay, just to kind of have a little fun. What do you think has been the best signing just in the league in general uh, to kind of put you on the spot here? Um, what do you what do you think has been the best fit for for any anybody that's going to uh, to any team? Yeah, I would say Henry and Janu. Uh, going to uh, to Bill Belichick, because the reason why I say that is because we all grown accustomed to the Patriot way. And, you know what I'm saying? Like at times they don't want to spend money. And, you know, it's been times where they underpaid Tom Brady, you know what I'm saying? And this stuff of that nature. Uh, they came out swinging this time. And I think what it was, I said this on the timeline. They didn't take too kindly to losing. And they were like, look, man, we, we're going to do some uncharacteristic stuff here because we hated losing so much. We're going to spend money and we're going to throw all of this money at John o. Smith, who they got. They actually, if I can recall, the Hunter Henry deal is a little bit more friendly and uh, more of a, a good deal financially, too, not just what they got in, in a player. But look, man, like. We've grown to hate the Patriots for, for a long time, but with Cam, uh, Cam Newton there. And me seeing them actually spending money to help him uh, spoke volumes. Like, and I, 
for a change, like people actually want to watch the Patriots and be happy about them winning, which is weird. Yeah, that's weird to say. Um, but like you, you, you just you can't help but cheer for Cam. They retained him for a year. Um, they got him some help. And uh, while they they did lose, uh, what was it? They lost to uh, Joe Thune. Um, but aside from that, like the additions they made, what they brought in, man, like it looks like they can be going back to the ways they, you know, remember the times where, and I know a lot of people don't like to mention this name, but um, Hernandez and Grunk, when they were together, it was a brief stint there Whereas, uh, you know, two young tight ends, they were kind of like a great duo. They were unstoppable. Yeah, they were like, but yeah. it didn't last long, of course, for, you know, for obvious reasons. But that being said, man, Cam Robinson or Cam Newton, excuse me, now has a, a plethora of weapons there. And they, they added some receivers, too. Um, Not necessarily like top tier receivers, but they added some receivers. I mean, maybe they keep and kill Harry. We'll see. It's been rumors of him getting traded, but if they keep him. Who knows, man? The sky could be the limit for the Patriots, man. Unfortunately. Yeah, and I was reading, you know, they had set them up, set themselves up for that last year, too. They were preparing to go into this free agency period and be very aggressive, and they definitely were. Uh, for me, you know, I'll, I'll go kind of in the trenches for sure. Joe Tooney, I think going to the Chiefs is really, really big, especially, of course, since they made uh, the change as far as their tackles. Now, of course, Tooney is a guard, but, you know, in the interior of the line, they definitely strengthen up there. I definitely think as far as the the move, you know, adding a guy of a, of a talent like John Johnson is only going to make your team better. I don't necessarily believe in the Cleveland Browns as a franchise. Uh, you know, sorry, there's no Browns fans listening. Never mind. But, uh, you know, I definitely think that's a good signing for them. And also, I think a low key one uh, under the radar, Jay, could definitely be A.J. Green going over to the Arizona Cardinals. You know, they, of course, pair that up with also they got J.J. Watt. You know, they have some aging superstars on their team, but they also still have Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. So when you have those two guys and then you add a guy like AJ Green, and then you also have a guy like a Larry Fitzgerald, who I, you know, I think for all intents and purposes, we do expect to come back and for, for only Arizona, um, you know, that, that trio, you know, and, and what all, and everything else they bring to the, to the locker room. We just talked about it with Tyson and Shaquille, you know, bringing in guys like that can only make your team better. So I think that's a low key, I uh, could definitely have a really, really big impact. And also Corey Lindsley going to the Chargers and being that guy, uh, that center for Justin Herbert. Ask Aaron Rodgers how important it's been to have Corey Lindsley on his team, and he'll definitely sing his praises. So, Jay, that's pretty much it for this week's episode. You know, what do they have to look forward to, not only over on the Jaguars wire, but also here in the podcast? And then we'll get out of here for the week. Uh, yeah, just based off how the market is going, it looks like all of the potential big names are gone. So it's not going to really be any like splash signings unless again, going back to what we were saying earlier, you know, Kenny Galladay some, somehow escapes over there in New York and get, yeah. gets out of the doors somehow. Um, but uh, if he does, you know, we'll monitor that, see if the Jaguars show interest. But I mean, like for the most part, it feels like uh, the splash signings are over with and, you know, we'll, we'll continue to cover free agency, but, uh, you know, it won't be like uh, any signings to come out of there or any news, should I say, that that'll provide any pop. But it will be more so, with that being said, more so uh, moving to moving on to the NFL draft and who the Jaguars are interested in, who they're meeting with, so on and so forth. Uh, because, uh, yeah, that's pretty much the next big event uh, after free agency. And uh, hopefully, as they did in free agency, they continue to get better and um you know, show interest in some guys that they could really 
utilized on this roster. Absolutely, folks. So make sure you stay tuned to the Jaguars Wire, and we will keep you up to date on any new signings. Once again, if you are new to the show and you are enjoying it, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave that five-star review. Or if you've been listening for a while and you haven't gotten a chance to do that, that would be really, really helpful. We're also available on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Of course, you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast as part of the awesome Believe Podcast Library. You can tweet the show at Believe in Jags Pod. You can find myself at Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O. And Jay is over at Sports Grind underscore Don. Everybody, you be safe. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Don't forget to believe in the Jaguars, but more importantly, believe in yourselves. We'll see you next time, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.